Broadcasting from deep in the Eublifaris galaxy, on a small planet called Gekonia, east of the albino hills and south of the raging leucistic river, comes the one, the only, Gecko Nation Radio. episode devoted entirely to Canada and also basically how to get Canada and the U.S. to unite a little bit and help us get our beautiful reptiles to each other. And, um, you know, it's trying to figure out uh, the shipping process uh, internationally is difficult. It really is. And there are some of us, uh, some breeders out there that have pretty much mastered it. And um, we want to be able to help everybody else be able to get their animals uh, to Canada and in the broad, of course. But uh, tonight, we're going to focus on Canada. All right. Today is June 8th, 2014. I want to welcome everyone that's uh, tuning into the show tonight. Um, Before we get started, we have uh, some announcements. And also, I want to bring on a new resident of Canada. Uh, Mr. John Taylor, and uh, John F. Taylor is person, the writer who runs Herp House Magazine, Reptile Living Room, and a whole bunch of other things. Uh, I believe he's on the line. Let's go ahead and see. Uh, John, is this you? John, you with us? Let's see. I think I got the wrong number here. Um, John, is this you, bud? This is Sam, Reptile Express, buddy. Yes, sir. All right, you're on, you're live on the radio. How's it going? Good, David. How are you doing, sir? Good. Tell us what's uh, got a few similar numbers on the switchboard tonight, so uh, sorry for the mix-up. But tell us uh, the, the news that you have for us. Yeah, uh, basically, uh, Reptile Apartment uh, is now moved. <laughs> We had a recent movie <laughs> expedition, so uh, <clears throat> that was exciting. And uh, some other good news, we just uh, basically relaunched uh, Reptile Living Room. Uh, it used to be a strictly uh, podcast where it was just audio, 
and through some technological advancements and my co-host and executive producer, uh, James Tintel from Tremendous Tricolors and Chad Burns, uh, we are able to now do live video broadcasting uh, via Google+. And it's a nice. Google Plus hangout where we do uh, live panel discussions, everything from art in herpeticulture uh, to women in herpeticulture, talking about you know any of the misogynistic uh, avenues that have happened, uh, how they've dealt with being a female in the industry, and some of the aspects of that. Um, field herp in the United States, we've covered that. Um, we are looking to cover venom in captivity. There's just a whole slew of shows we have going and. A lot of really great panels. We've had Tell Hicks on uh, on the panel for art and herpeticulture, which was just a huge honor for us. And uh, yeah, that's uh, pretty much it, except for the magazines uh, taken off. We have you, uh, Deco Nation, as an affiliate now, so that's awesome. Uh, yeah, especially very proud to be affiliate. To uh, get you know thirty percent off. Uh, discounts off the entire site. We have Build Your Own Reptile Magazine now where you can uh, automatically download any of the past articles uh, singly for 99 cents. And if you use uh, the Gecko Nation uh, discount code, I think it comes up to like 60 cents uh, for any article on the site. Mm-hmm. So it's a pretty good discount. But yeah, uh, That's awesome. love being in the of Canada. It's uh, very enjoyable coming from San Diego, California, that was kind of unusual to see snow for the first time. But, yeah, I've adapted pretty well, I think. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I, I think uh, there's something special about Canadians. They have a very cool attitude, and um, they just seem like really laid-back, relaxed people, from my experience. And uh, I don't Truly. know. I, I'm tempted. Yeah, I'm tempted to just pack up and go. I really am sometimes. You should. Come up and visit, man. We're more than happy to host the Gecko Nation up here for at least a couple of weeks, you know? Well, I would never overstay my welcome. I'm a two- or three-day uh, visiting kind of guy. But, uh, yeah, maybe uh, maybe I'll take you up on that one day. I'd love to, I'd love yeah, to see the, sure. see what it's like up there. Yeah, nice. <laughs> well, John, John, I'm very happy about what you got cooking. Um, and uh, if you ever want to come back on the air, we can do another episode with you. Um, you're welcome. You have an open invitation, bud. Awesome, man. I appreciate it. I look forward to uh, hearing about the uh, USA and Canadian uh, shipping thing because I've actually had a lot of people ask me that. Uh, they have, you know, they know I have Canadian contacts and we're trying to get the reptiles to them in the States and they're like, how do I do it? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yep. <laughs> so I'm really appreciative <laughs> of your uh, special guest tonight from uh, Reptile Express so we can figure yep. this out. It's awesome. killing me. It's going to be the go-to episode me. for that. Yeah. Awesome, yeah, we're gonna yeah, we're gonna take care of those problems tonight. So uh, awesome. it'll be good. Look All right, John. Thanks for stopping on, and uh, good luck with everything you got going. Thanks, David. See you again soon. All right, take care, bud. All right, folks. Uh, there you have it. Uh, make sure you check out Herp House Magazine. Uh, I just did a recent article in that magazine uh, last month. A really good. Uh, publication that John's working on. Um, before we get started, we have. Uh, to check out our amazing sponsors. Here are some of them, and you'll hear the rest of them at the halfway point. Check it out, folks. Gecko Nation Radio is a David's Fine Gecko's creation and production. You can visit the show's Facebook page at Gecko Nation Radio. I also have a great family-friendly group on Facebook called Gecko Nation, 
Apply for membership today. Gecko Nation Radio is sponsored by Ron Tremper is the biggest contributor to leopard gecko morph making. Known worldwide for his amazing examples of living art. You can now download his Leopard Gecko Care app, his Morph Encyclopedia app called Leopard Gecko Pro, and visit his site, leopardgecko.com, to see where morphs are made. GiantLeopardGecko.com specializes in giant and supergiant leopard geckos with a focus on selectively bred exceptional lines of many different morph combinations, including high-end African fat tails and crested geckos. With over 17 years of experience in herpetoculture, Keith Kiggins brings you quality, integrity, and value. Check out GiantLeopardGecko.com on the web and on Facebook. Reptiles Express is the absolute best live animal shipping company with great low rates. Debbie is the queen of customer service and will make sure your precious cargo gets to where it needs to. They also have a wide array of shipping supplies from deli cups, snake bags, heat packs, and more. Visit reptilesexpress.com and become a member today. And if you're looking for quality food for your dubia roaches, crickets, mealworms, and superworms, look no further than MS2 Premium Insect Chow. Made with reptiles in mind, it contains no dog food, cat food, or chicken mash. Using only vegetable proteins and high-quality ingredients, MS2 Premium Insect Chow will have your feeders making a beeline for it. Contact ms 2 ent.weebly.com or it can also be purchased at Rainbow Mealworms and AB Dragons. ABDragons.com is your source for the highest quality dubia roaches. Whether you're starting a colony of your own or just need feeders for your insect eating herps, ABDragons.com can't be beat in quality or price. They are also a huge distributor of FlexWatt reptile heat tape and have very competitive pricing. Check out abdragons.com online and on Facebook. All right, folks, we are back. And, uh, of course, we have an announcement from... Good evening, Gaconians. Hey, Steve, how are you, bud? Pretty good, how are you? Hanging in here. How's everything going? Uh, good. I'm starting to get it together. <laughs> oh, finally, huh? The move's all done? Settling in? Yeah, yep. Building oh, racks. nice. Just like you. <laughs> Me too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm up all night doing that. Every day, building racks, building racks. Oh, that's, that's yeah. cool. Yeah. You love what you love, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> all right. What you got for us tonight? I got some stuff from U.S. Arc, okay. starting with the lawsuit update. The U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service has renewed its motion to dismiss the lawsuit. Um, they have also proposed that the statute of limitations has expired. and The statute is set at a six-year time period to raise a claim. <clears throat> The uh, they the, it went in on January twenty third, two thousand twelve. So six years isn't, isn't up yet, right. but they're claiming they're claiming it is. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, so, anyways, U.S. Arc's opposition is due on June eleventh, and then 
U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service's response will be due on June 23rd. Now, I found something interesting in this uh, in the the coming up federal constrictor rule update where they are attempting to add five more constrictors. Okay. Um, what the way this is reading. In this article, it's saying the four species that are already listed as injurious are Burmese pythons, Indian pythons, reticulated pythons, which I didn't think they were on the list, but it's saying they are already on the list. Mm -hmm. And northern and southern African pythons. African rock pythons, I guess, right? Right, right. Mm -hmm. And the way I understood it was the original was the four that were originally banned were the Burmese python, the northern and southern African rock pythons, and the yellow anaconda. But now they're saying that reticulated pythons are already. There's no anaconda on the list anymore. No, there's... They're they're putting them in to they're still like attempting to add them, so I don't know what's uh, I'm gonna look I'm gonna look into that and uh, I I don't understand you know how that happened unless it's just a typo I'm hoping that's what it is because as far as I know reticulated pythons weren't on that list. No, no, that that is concerning too because that's a that's that'll, that's a but, big industry especially. People like Bob Clark and prehistoric pets, uh, right? You know, Specializing yeah. in the bigger snakes. So I'm hoping, right. I'm yeah. hoping that's that's a typo. I hope. <laughs> okay. Yeah, me too. All right. Then, in science, the U.S. military reveals gecko gloves that let soldiers scale vertical walls. This is cool. Yeah, that's cool. We heard, yeah, we heard about gecko skin a while back, that they were using yep. to mount things to the wall. Well, the military is using the same thing, gecko skin. The U.S. military is developing special gloves that would let soldiers scale vertical walls based on a gecko's feet. The gloves are coated with a specialized cloth called gecko skin. That is pretty cool. That's and yeah. in, in a recent demonstration, the latest... Iteration of the gecko skin was performed by a 218-pound researcher saddled with 50 pounds of recording gear, and he scaled a 25-foot glass wall. That is wow. cool. Yeah, that is amazing. <laughs> oh, my God. That is yeah. cool. Well, maybe the geneticists can come up with a way to just... Um, you know, let us throw those things on our hands. We won't have to wear gloves. You know? just... Yeah, right? absolutely. Yeah, gotta get bit by a radioactive gecko. Right, right. Yes, become like Spider-Man. Right, exactly. Yeah. All right. In our last story, Ron Tremper hatched out a blue spot lavender reverse stripe tangerine eclipse. I don't yes, know if you saw that, I Dave. Saw that. that that was, was really amazing. Cool. Yeah. Yep. That was amazing. So, yeah. So 
If you guys haven't seen it, check it out. It's on Ron Tremper's Facebook page. Very cool. Yes. That was nice, that's nice. our last Let's story. Yeah. Okay, cool. What you got for us from uh, her history from the past? All right, this one's kind of funny. Let's see. December third, nineteen thirty-two. Python hunter gets him alive in St. Louis. An excited janitor called the police. The police called the zoo, and soon a python hunt was underway on Washington Avenue last night. The snake, one of two which escaped last May, keep in mind this is December, they escaped mm-hmm. last May from two, two uh, vaudeville performers, was discovered in the base, basement of a, ro- a rooming house by... Sylvester Hand, a janitor who stumbled over the reptile. Hand said he got out of there quick. When George <laughs> P. Virler, director of the St. Louis Zoo, arrived at the scene, he pushed his way through the crowd of spectators and nonchalantly entered the basement, armed only with a stick forked at one end. He was followed by Sam Arnett, night watchman at the zoo, and they caught a 10-foot snake they don't say what kind of snake it is but they caught it and the zoo had a new exhibit (laughs) (laughs) what year was this this was december 3rd 1932 Jeez, yeah that's interesting just walked in like it like it was just another day at the job just got the snake and walked out and Nonchalantly yep. uh, took it out of there. Yeah, normal <laughs> people that aren't into reptiles don't realize, you know, even big snakes are relatively harmless if you know how to handle them. So. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. So what's going on in your collection? Uh not much. I had to to get a bigger colony of dubias going because uh, they outgrew my <laughs> previous <laughs> container. So I set that up today. Um, I'm building yep. another another incubator. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just got done building a couple of racks. I'm going to build another one. But collection-wise, I'm just collecting eggs right now. Yep, waiting on them to hatch, right? Oh yeah, I should I should be having some hatch here soon. Cool. Yeah. Impatient. Impatiently waiting. <laughs> yep, I know. I got about 20 geckos hatching a day here, so I'm actually wishing that it would slow down a little bit because I got I can't build the racks fast enough to keep up. <laughs> oh, I know. I saw I saw the pictures of your racks. They look amazing. Yeah, those are the old ones. I wish it, wish that was all I had these days. I mean, you know, it's just oh, it's too much getting out of hand. I gotta I gotta start considering getting my own facility soon. So we'll see. Wow. Something I'm thinking about. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure if I'm ready to do that or not, but we'll, we'll see. But uh, All right, Steve. Well, thank you very much for the news. We're going to move on, and um, we will see you next week. Uh, uh, and then the week after that, we have a special show uh, coming up. Uh, I'll leave it as a surprise. Well, I'll announce it during the week. Awesome. Cool. All right. Thanks a lot. I'll see you next weekend. I'll see you there. All right. <laughs> All right, folks.
folks, just have a couple of quick announcements to let you know about. Uh, next weekend is the Hamburg, Pennsylvania Expo in uh, uh, Hamburg, PA, obviously, the Northwestern Burks Expo. Uh, it's a great show, venomous reptiles, non-venomous, all kinds of stuff. Very cool show. Try to make it. I'll be there. Dale's Bearded Dragons will be there, our sponsor. And make sure you mention Gecko Nation Radio. You're going to get 10% off any purchase at the show. Also, uh, Gecko Boa Reptiles just added a whole bunch of new geckos uh, to their website, to John's website. Check them out. And uh, also, GiantLeopardGecko.com has added a bunch of new geckos to their website. So check them out, too. And, of course, AB Dragons has the standing promotional code GECKO, all in caps. That will give you 5% off your Dubia Roaches and your FlexWat E-Tape. So take advantage, guys. And one last thing before we get started, if you are a hardcore gecko enthusiast and you're into reptiles, you have to check these out. Did you know that since 2006, there's been a treasure trove of history and information on leopard geckos and other species? Well, Gecko Forums is the most extensive database of leopard gecko history on the web right now. Take a look and delve into the past, present, and future of this great community. The biggest contributors, breeders, and hobbyists have left their mark there. Now it's your turn. Look, learn, and post away. Need a place to post animals for sale? Look no further. Visit geckoforums.net and become a member today. Gecko Nation Radio is proud to be the official radio show associated with Gecko Forums. Herpentime Radio is my inspiration for GNR. Justin and JD do a terrific show every Wednesday evening at 6 p.m. Eastern and have an amazing archive of shows available for download. Visit them at blogtalkradio.com slash herpentime and on Facebook. All right, folks, we're not going to waste any more time. Um, tonight we have a very special guest, Mr. Sam Fard of Reptile Express. And uh, Sam is no stranger to herpetoculture. He's been involved in various businesses, during his tenure related to reptiles, and he's moved on to create this awesome uh, international shipping company. Uh, and the shipping company that handles uh, the transactions up in Canada. So we're not going to waste any more time. We're going to go ahead and bring on Mr. Sam Bard. Sam, you're live on Gecko Nation Radio. Hi, David. How are you? Doing very well, Sam. Thanks for joining us tonight. Thank you, my friend. I've listened to several of your shows and enjoyed them, so I'm definitely honored to be a guest. Thank you so much. Oh, great. I appreciate that. Absolutely. Um, I, I didn't want to go into too much depth with your intro, and I figured you could describe yourself uh, better than I could. Tell us a little bit about how you get started in herpetoculture and what led you uh, to creating this great uh, company that you're doing now. Okay, well, um, I've done quite a bit of things in a uh, little over a decade I've been involved in this uh, hobby industry. Uh, I first started just like you. I bred leopard geckos, high-end geckos, and uh, that was in 2003. Did that for a few years. I've also had a reptile specialty store in Toronto. Did that for a few years as well. Um, while I was producing the geckos, um, uh, it was exciting. I did like it, but the uh, excitement kind of wore off after a couple of years, and I started realizing that uh, I actually enjoyed shipping them to my clients more than I did uh, producing and breeding them. Um, mm. Ever since I was a young guy, I've always had a passion for logistics. Um, so you combine passion for logistics and passion for animals, and you get uh, Reptile Express. 
So that's how that came about. Um, but what a lot of people don't understand is um, in the U.S., FedEx has allowed you guys to ship door-to-door for decades. Meanwhile, they, no carrier company has offered that in Canada. Um, it's very difficult to get them to say yes to a request such as that. So we were the first ones to do it, and it was probably the hardest thing I've ever had to do in order for our service to allow our clients to ship to their clients nationwide. And it did take about a year. I, re- I remember it was the beginning of 2009 I started fighting with the courier companies and um, they all rejected uh, me, my request and they actually, a lot of them hung up on me before I could finish my sentence. Um, mm. So that's how that began. Towards the end of 2009, uh, I decided that I need to give up on the big name couriers and start with the smaller name guys and uh, maybe build my volume up. And I did that for a couple years, and we had a lot of support clients in Canada that helped us out, and they stuck through us. Yes, the shipping rates were a little bit uh, – they were pretty high compared to what FedEx would have offered. But again, they were a smaller company, but our cleaning clients stood by us, and they loved the door-to-door service. And within a couple years, we had our volumes up to where we wanted. We went back to FedEx, and um, while they definitely did not want to turn us away with all that cash, and they wanted uh, a piece of that action. So they definitely worked uh, hard for it. It was something new for them. They had no idea how to go about setting us up with that. They contacted the U.S. legal department a lot. And it, it was still pretty stressful. We had to send our shipping kits, as you guys do. We send it into Memphis, Tennessee, a past testing. We had to go through the legal department in Canada. It took about four, five, even six months. And uh, they finally approved us in late 2009. So that's where we're at today, and it's been very successful since. Hey, Sam, let me just jump in for one second. Um, we, we have a sure. bit of a bad connection right now. Would you mind just hanging up and calling right back in and we'll pick up right where we left off? Sure, buddy. Give me one second. I'll do that. All right. Thank you. All right. Hang tight, folks. Uh, Sometimes, you know, being that we're on the Internet, uh, there can be some issues, technical difficulties at times. But uh, usually just by hanging up and calling back in, it's usually fixed. But uh, I just want to uh, let everybody know that this episode is totally geared to simplifying the shipping process to and from Canada. So we're not just going to handle USA to Canada. We're going to also handle Canada to USA because we want, hey, I want to get some geckos from you guys up there too. (laughs) So we want to make it easy for both of us to do that. And I'm thinking about doing something special tonight for the raffle for callers, and I'm hoping that some of you Canadian listeners can call in and um, Maybe just give us some of your experiences. Uh, if you want to ask a question, that's fine. Um, but I'll leave it very generalized. So anything you guys want to talk about, you know, we can talk about. And I'll uh, we'll leave that for the second part of the show. I'd like to focus in the beginning on getting all the information out about the shipping process. And this will be the go-to episode. So when everybody, you know, when anybody out there has a question about shipping to Canada or shipping to the U.S., you guys will be like, well just check out this episode on Gecko Nation Radio. It'll totally break it all down for you. It's nothing that's that complicated. And I talked to Sam earlier about it, and he says that it's really not too complicated once you do it a few times. So, um, all right, well, we have him back now. Let's go ahead and bring him on. Sam, you with us? Yeah, but is that better? Much better. Absolutely. It sounds clearer. 
Okay. Did you get to hear anything right. I said, or do I have to repeat all that? <laughs> no, you know, we heard it. It was just uh, there was just a little bit of a static on the connection. But you were you were about okay. uh, you were just about at the part where you were telling us about the legal issues and which brought you up to right about now. So if you want to pick up from there, that's cool. Uh, no, that's pretty much it. And um, just want to say the differences between a lot of people don't realize that. Canada and FedEx, uh, people think that it's just as easy to get set up with FedEx in Canada as it is in the U.S., and it's totally not that way at all here, unfortunately. Um, mm. Our only bad. options before well, were, were Air Canada and WestJet before, so. Okay. Is, is FedEx, a, is, is they an established company up there as far as transportation and shipping and stuff? That's a very good question. Uh, I forgot to bring that up. A lot of FedEx... Um, is not as big as people might think in Canada. They don't go to several provinces here. For example, Saskatchewan, Newfoundland, and even the Northwest Territories, they don't service directly. So those provinces and territories are gone. Um, so there's a lot of, they hand off their packages to a lot of other agents of theirs, such as Purelator, which is a huge uh, courier company in Canada, and a lot of uh, courier companies hand packages off to them. Well, we don't have a live animal waiver with Purelator, and that's where the problem began when FedEx was handling our live parcels to them, and the, and Purelator would contact FedEx, um, basically um, giving them a mouthful not to ever do that again, and FedEx legal, legal department would call us back, and we have to go back to the drawing table. So, so there's quite a bit involved in Canada where it's not as hectic as it is in the U.S., because U.S. Uh, FedEx goes directly to a lot of areas. Yes. Okay. Well, that's, that's good to know. Um, you know, the FedEx is such a huge, really ridiculously huge company. And, you know, here in America, we probably just, a lot of us think that they're a global operation and they're just everywhere, but that's obviously not the case. Um, I'm wondering, are they trying to expand their territories more into Canada? They are, and um, UPS expanded the big time into Atlantic Canada about a year, year and a half ago. And uh, FedEx wants to do kind of the same thing. Um, so they are working on it, but we'll see mm -hmm. when that happens. Well, let's explain to the people out there why, why it's important to use a company such as Reptile Express. Um, we did an episode recently for uh, people in the U.S. here, and we had your counterpart, similar company, Reptiles Express, here in the U.S. on as our and they're also sponsored the show, of course, but um, and they explained it pretty good as as why it's important to use uh, a certified shipping company. Tell us a little bit why that's important, Sam. Okay, um, there's several um, uh, things that are quite important. First of all, we have fought for the live animal waiver unless people have six months to kill and a whole bunch of volume to offer to these courier companies. We are your solution. We can do it for you. You don't have to do it. You will ship under our certified accounts. We will simply provide you with a shipping label, and we do we do something totally different, and that is we'll walk you through the whole procedure. We don't want any errors to be made. FedEx has made it very clear that they don't want any errors to be made, that um, they want us to have total control over anything. So that is why we provide our very popular what's called our recommended packing instructions, which are, all our clients get the day before their shipment, and it walks them through the whole procedure. And because of that, we have tremendous results and no client is left with unanswered questions the day of shipment. So FedEx is happy with us. We're happy. And um, 
we fill out the shipping labels, whereas in the U.S. you guys have to print out your fill out your own um, information, print it out, and stuff like that. But over here, we're not allowed. FedEx doesn't allow us to offer that kind of uh, online system where clients can fill out their information, print out shipping labels, because that would be putting the responsibility on that client, and they want us to have control over it. So that's why we fill it out, and we'll we email it out to the client the day before shipment. Hmm. Okay. All right. So let's first talk about uh, shipping from the U.S. to Canada, and then we'll talk about shipping from Canada to the U.S. And from from my standpoint, I'm a I'm a mid mid scale gecko breeder, and um, a lot of there's 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 a lot of breeders in the U.S. and even with ball pythons in different markets, it seems today that there's a lot of competition. So a lot of people in the U.S. are trying to expand and be able to ship their uh, animals, whether it's to Asia, Europe, Canada. And I'm certainly among those people. Um, and I have just a huge amount of uh, people in Canada that follow me and just want geckos, and my sponsors as well. Um, they want us. Uh, they want our animals from the U.S. Um, let's let's just break it down. I'm a new guy. I've never shipped to Canada. What do I got to do, Sam? Okay, buddy. Uh, well, you guys definitely should start thinking about um, shipping to Canada because people here are investing big time on U.S. stock. You guys have a great variety, great pricing, and Canadians are all over that. I mean, our importing services is extremely busy. And what this is what this show is about, is to help you guys out, Americans out, and as well as help Canadians out, um, and what I, I want to start the conversation by going through the topic of what I always see on the American and Canadian forums, and that is the issue of Canadians crossing over onto the U.S. border, having the U.S. seller send it to a hold-for-pickup location such as FedEx, UPS Depot. They'll simply pick it up and bring it onto Canadian soil, declare it, and then they'll go post about online that, oh, that's all, all that it took was paying uh, Canadian taxes on the invoice. Well, that that is true. You have complied with Canadian law, but you have broken U.S. federal law. And a lot of Canadians, what they're not doing, what they are doing, is that they're only going on an Environment Canada website or a Canadian Wildlife Service website, where it only mentions that yes, Canada does not require any health certificates. They do not require inspections at the Canadian border, and they do not want you to have an import/export license. They just want their taxes on the invoice. So that's pretty simple, um, and Canadians just stop their search there. They get too happy, and they just stop there. Meanwhile, they're not realizing that when you do an international order, you have to comply with two countries' laws, and they are totally mm-hmm. forgetting about going on the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service law to figure out what's required for them to exit the U.S. legally with wildlife. And if you go on that website, you will realize that um, you do need to go through U.S. Fish and Wildlife Inspections, whether the animals are coming into or leaving out of the U.S. Um, you have to have an import-export license, and um, everything must be declared. You have to fill out the 3-177 declaration form, and it has to be stamped cleared before you exit the U.S. legally. Um, and once you've left the U.S. legally, you will then go into Canada, declare it in Canada Customs, and 
while you're declaring it with your invoice with a total declared value, the common and scientific names, you also have to provide Canada Customs with this 3-177 that has been stamped cleared. And Canada Customs will know that uh, you have abided by and complied with the U.S. requirements. Yes, there are a lot of Canadian Customs agents that do not know about this U.S. requirement, and this is why many people are flying under the radar and just going through the system easily. They're just paying their taxes. But Canada Customs, I will tell you guys this, that they are getting on the ball. They, there's a lot of them that know what the U.S. requires now. And if you do get that unlucky draw where you get that Canada Customs agent that knows you don't have that paperwork, they will call U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service. And let me just tell you, their communication just blows my mind. It is fantastic. Um, and they will escort you back to the U.S., hand you over to U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service, and let them deal with you. And at that point, it is not only a very extremely stressful situation, it is expensive because not only do you have to pay the regular inspection fee, the wildlife officer can impose penalty fines, smuggling fines, and a whole bunch of other stuff. That's scary. I would never try to do anything like that anyway. It seems so much easier just to do it the legal way and, uh, you know, ship through Reptile Express. So, I mean, that's, <laughs> that's the way I would do it. <laughs> now, a lot of people. I want to sign go ahead. No, no, that's fine. Go ahead. What were you going to say, Sam? No, a lot of people think that um, Reptile Express, they get a free ride now because the inspectors know them so well. They don't even, you know, care to look at their paperwork or the animals. But let me just say that they do not care that they know you well. Uh, they give us surprise inspections all the time. They go through our car, every little corner crevice, even Canada Customs. They'll do Like three weeks ago, I had three wildlife officers and a Canada Customs officer, a total of four agents, go through my vehicle, and they all know me. So it, it, mm-hmm. it has nothing to do with if they know you well or they don't know you well. They are going to be strict with you every time. They're strict with you when you do it legally. God knows how they are with you if you don't do it legally. Right, exactly. Well, now, for someone like me, I'm in Pennsylvania. I want to shift to someone in, say, Ontario. Um, the first step in my process would be to what? Um, okay, the first question that should be asked, I know you deal with leopard geckos, but um, the first question should be, are you dealing with non-sighted animals or protected sighted species? That makes a whole right. b- yeah. a bunch of difference. Yeah, let's explain what the CITES is too, so people understand. Okay, so CITES stands for Convention International Creative Endangered Species. So all pythons, boas, monitors, um, turtles, torts, uh, all that kind of stuff, day geckos. So there are geckos that are also CITES, don't think they're not. Um, a lot of those are on the CITES list. So what that would require is that you'd have to fill out a CITES permit application and submit it to the CITES office for review and approval, which takes approximately two to three months. And then uh, once you have the permit in your hand, at that time only can you export out of the U.S. Um, to Canada. But for non-CITES species, it's a heck of a lot cheaper and smoother, easier process. Um, you just have to book the inspection date and fill out the declaration form, and that's pretty much it. All right. So... I have a customer in Ontario. They, they're buying three leopard geckos from me. They're going to be in one box. Now, what do I do? I go on your website. I'm on your website right now on the home page, actually. Um, what's, what's my next step, Sam? Okay, so 
Well, a lot of people tell me there are small animals or there's only one box. All that, that kind of information is totally irrelevant. That doesn't matter because you're just paying for one import fee. You can have basically unlimited amount of animals and unlimited amount of boxes so, and whatever weight of animals as you want. So that information makes no change. Okay. Um, so we have now... Price, different pricing structures that we launched three weeks ago, and a, a lot of people have questions about that, uh, how that works. So I'll go through it right now. We kept getting a lot of inquiries from people wanting to import one animal, let's let's say uh, king snake from breeders, big breeders such as BHP reptiles, and then we tell them it was a $300 import fee, and they said, well, the animal is only like $150, so it's not worth it. So after we got a few calls like that, we started realizing, yes, we have a point, and yes, we want our American clients such as BHP and all the others to do well and we would like to help them out. So we introduced these new price structures where for one animal now we made it a lot more affordable. It's $125 import fee. For two animals mm-hmm. it's 200 and for unlimited animals it's 300 So that's proven to be a very successful uh, pricing structure right now. Okay. So if I have, if I have uh, two geckos then it's going to cost me uh, 200. Is that correct? Import fee? Correct. So you, you have 200 import fee, but uh, the, on top of that, you have the U.S. shipping fee to our Lewiston, New York office. You have mm-hmm. the 5% GST on the value of the animals in your order that we'll have to pay to Canada Customs on your behalf. And then if your clients are in Toronto, they don't have to pay a shipping fee because they can just pick up from our Toronto office. But if they're in any other location in Canada, we'll have to ship that animals to them, and that's an additional Canadian shipping. Okay, so but you you handle the the shipping from uh, Canada to my customer in Canada, correct? Correct. It'll it'll still be door to door, yes. Door to door. Okay. All right. So if I have a, a customer and they're ordering five geckos, I'm going to pay the the top fee, which is three hundred dollars, and if those geckos are, have a value of, uh, I don't know, say, three to $500 a piece, uh, to pay an extra $300 on top of that doesn't seem that much. And, in fact, if I had a customer that's going to be ordering that, I would uh, lower the price on the geckos to compensate for some of that shipping uh, to, to make it more affordable for them to get it there. But it seems to me that the best way to do it is to run a special sale for Canada and Canadian customers and um, have a specific ship date so that you're, I would only be paying the, the, the $300 fee for multiple animals. And then if I were to distribute that and uh, amongst the various customers and break it down, say I had 10 people, um, at that point, you know, it would be $30 a, a piece for for the import fee per customer. And then, of course, the shipping uh, to and from. So basically, it would be like a normal shipping uh, at that point if it were executed in that in that fashion, right? Absolutely. Um, and that's actually a very good point, and a lot of people doing it. The person who does it the most is Scott Felzer, Garter Snakes. He does that a lot. He waits and does a one massive export at one time, and he just... Um, gets all his Canadian clients to share on that one fee, and he's very successful with that method. Hmm. I, I'm starting to understand it a lot better now. All right. So, yeah. I mean, to ship one animal, if it's a special animal, it, it of course, will be worth it. So, basically, 
say I have a, a really high-end leopard gecko that's got a value of, I don't know, 500 to $1,000. And uh, I have a, a customer in Canada that has purchased the gecko. It's going to cost me probably about $50 to ship it to your New York location. It's going to cost me $100 to get it over the border. It's going to cost me um, another shipping fee to get it to my customer in Canada. And what's that other 5% fee about? The 5% is gets paid to Canada Customs on the value of the animals in the order. Uh, okay. So if the animal is worth uh, $500... So if the animal's worth... Then, yeah. The animal's okay, worth $1,000, so you're paying $50 to Canada Customs. So it's very nominal. It's very small. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, now, I wouldn't say... I wouldn't go and tell anybody to to liar, but uh, I mean, um, about the, is, I mean, well, let me just come out and say it. How do they know what the value of the animal is? <laughs> you're the best, buddy. You're asking the best questions that I'm not even thinking of, but um, is always on my mind. Um, yeah, there have been situations where people have wanted to fly under the radar and not provide us with the correct declaration amounts um, because mm-hmm. it's happening more so now when we, we with the launch of our new tier structuring system, um, and I might get rid of this price structure if it continues like that, um, but people are declaring them to be worth less than they actually are, not realizing that Reptile Express has been in the, in the market for 11, 12 years. We know what animals go for. And so if we mm-hmm. do red flag a declaration value, we do research the market value of those specific animals, and if we do determine that it's way off what it should be, then we'll start asking questions to the Canadian client. And if we still don't feel comfortable, we'll get a statement from the Canadian client so that just in case Canada Customs red flags it that, hey, this doesn't make sense, we have that Canadian client statement. Because what people have to realize is that we're the ones that are going to the border. Ultimately, we're the ones that are going to be responsible and uh, find if anything doesn't match up. So we take that very seriously. We want to make sure the declaration amounts are true and accurate. If somebody's going to lie to us, we're just not going to um, go through with their request. So that's why we take statements and email proof with us all the time, um, just in mm-hmm. case. Well, the leopard gecko market is in a state of flux right now. And, um, you know, the pricing on animals, I mean, we, we, try to, we try to tell people that, and, you know, it's pretty much the truth. Uh, you know, you, as a breeder, you can price your animals. At whatever you feel they're worth. And if you're breeding the highest end, the highest quality geckos, you should certainly get what you're paying for. Now, there are situations where uh, some people are on hard times and they're auctioning high-end animals uh, off, and sometimes those animals are going for amounts that are far lower than what they're actually worth. In a situation like that, say you got an animal that's you know, worth a Say it's a ball python, it's worth $3,500, and it went on auction for 400 bucks. I mean, obviously, that's going to raise a red flag. What happens in a situation like that, then? Well, like, as I mentioned, it'll just raise a red flag. We'll email the U.S. seller, and we'll just get them to verify that that is, in fact, what they sold it for, and just having that email statement is, is good enough for us. That's all we need. Okay. All right. So it's basically a transfer of liability, then. Yes. Gotcha. Okay. All right. Well, we're not gonna we're not gonna dis- we're actually putting together a whole show 
about pricing, auctions, and everything for you guys. And I'm putting together a panel of very experienced breeders and people that have been doing it a long time uh, to be able to answer those questions and be able to talk about the fluctuation in prices in the market and why it happens that way. But um, all right, moving on. All right, so I'm at the point now. Um, I got my animals boxed up, and uh, I'm going to ship them to your New York location, Sam. Now, do I have to ship the? Do I have to box them any differently than I would if I was shipping overnight to a customer here in the U.S.? So yeah, you'd still uh, send it to us uh, overnight service, so that we'll get it before 10:30 a.m. in Lewiston, um, because our inspection with U.S. Fish and Wildlife is always at 11:30 a.m. and it's sharp. Um, the only thing you would you would pack it totally the same way as you would any other shipment uh, inside mm-hmm. the. The animal containers have to have the common and scientific names. Morph names are totally irrelevant. They should not even be included as it causes confusion to the officers. Again, these officers do not <laughs> care about any morph names. And they just what, have they don't know so what many a raptor questions is? when they're on there. <laughs> they don't know what a raptor and an enigma is? Come on, they got to get with it. <laughs> exactly. They, they so, can't tell the difference between a, a, a normal gecko and a white and yellow? What's up with that? <laughs> I know. How did they get these jobs? I don't know. <laughs> okay, so they got the they got my gecko. You, you're you, you're actually at that point. You've got my box. I shipped it to your New York location. You have my box in your hands. You actually at that point have to go into an office and have that box inspected. Correct? Yeah. So what I'll do when I first get the boxes, I'm going to do a soft inspection myself. I'll go. I'll open the boxes up. Make sure that they are labeled the way they are. Uh, there's con- there's holes in the containers um, because not having holes in containers is a huge breach violation, and we get in big trouble in inspections. That happened once before; it wasn't a pleasant experience. So I make sure I go through a little spot, uh, soft inspection, make sure everything's uh, in good order, and then once mm-hmm. I know we're good to go, I will take it to the actual inspection with the officer. And um, sh- um, there's two officers at that board, the female or the male and uh, they'll go through our paperwork, make sure it matches the animals, and they will clear it. Uh, what a lot of people, uh, before I forget this uh, thought, is sometimes uh, U.S. sellers want to include a thank you gift uh, via a free animal in the box mm-hmm. without letting us know. So that is a huge problem. When we get to the border, we haven't been made aware that they've included additional animals as a thank you to their clean client. Well, now that additional, those additional animals don't match our paperwork anymore. Now that is considered smuggling. So we can oh, get a, a few things happen to our import. We can have it totally rejected, sent back to the U.S. seller, uh, or very hefty fines or all of the above. So please never do that with any of your trading clients or with us because that is a huge problem. Or just let us know that you're going to do it. You're going to include free animals, and we'd be happy to include it in the paperwork. Okay. Now, a lot of breeders here in the U.S., when they ship animals, uh, some include an invoice, some don't. Is it imperative that every order have an invoice included in the box? For sure. When you use our service, we will actually do up an invoice for you so that there are no errors. We will send it to the U.S. seller. They'll print it out. They'll include it in the top flap of the box. They will not include their own version. And... um, having our invoice in the box uh, complies with all the laws. Okay. Now, now that's your invoice. What I mean is an invoice uh, to my customer. So, for instance, um, you know, when I make a sale, 
you know, I'm going to include an invoice. Usually I email it or occasionally I put it in the box. Um, but sometimes I don't include an invoice if it's just a lower-priced animal that's, you know, not a collector quality or something like that. It, you know, I just I basically just send the gecko with the description and what the morph is on the, on the deli cup. Um, it's important to include the actual invoice of the sale between me and my customer in that box. Yeah, that's actually what I meant, is that you, you shouldn't oh, include okay. your version of the invoice in the box. We will make up an invoice for you um, gotcha. so that there's okay. no errors, so that you haven't included morph names. We're going to do everything correctly, and you just print that, put it in the box, and you can email your original um, invoice to your Canadian client if you want. You can do it that way. Mm, okay, all right. I'm starting to, uh, you know, jeez, wow, I mean, it is it is a little bit a bit a bit of a price to do this, but it's not out of reach, and you really do most of the work. So it's actually even easier. It seems to me it's even easier than what I have to do when I make up my labels for for shipping here in the U.S. So I mean, basically the only difference is I'm paying more to ship to Canada, but you're, you're doing all the work. Well, that's true. We are a full service. We do all the paperwork so that you don't have to. And let me just tell you, the paperwork is a lot and it's stressful. Um, but mm-hmm. I love doing paperwork, so that's why I can handle the stress. Um, but a lot of Good people for are forgetting the fact that <laughs> a lot of people are forgetting the fact that even if you don't use it, you do it yourself. You are still paying that same amount. We are we right. we're offering that price break because we have large volume, so we're able to keep lowering our, our costs every year. But if an individual, let's say you wanted to do it on your own, David, um, you would have to pay 186 U.S. dollars for the inspection. You'd still have your U.S. and Canadian shipping fees, so you're not avoiding that. And your Canadian customer, what a lot of people don't realize is most of them have to pay 13% tax because they're declaring it as personal. But we have a business license, so we declare it with 5%. And let me just say that's hundreds of dollars of savings uh, that we um, save our compliance. So our well, don't forget, I would also, you're also saving me the psychiatric fees because all the stress related in doing that would probably wind me up in the shrink's office anyway. So, um, yeah, sure. I, I would rather just have you do it. Exactly. And I would never even attempt, honestly, seriously, Sam, most of us here in the U.S. Um, that are mid-scale breeders and, and smaller than that, we don't, we don't really want to figure that out. We don't want to, you know, and then and spend more money because we're not – doing the volume. I mean, a lot of us here in the U.S. are on budgets and, you know, things. Uh, yes. you know, a lot of people in the U.S. are on very hard times. People aren't looking to really go out of the way and do that on their own. And just, folks, if you're listening, uh, of course, of course, you could probably do it on your own, but you're going to be paying a lot more money because you're not doing the volume. So it's just so much better and easier to let someone else do it. And Reptile Express is the way to go. Wow. You know, Dan, I'm already feeling better about this because before this interview with you, um, it was one of those things where, you know, it just sounds too complicated. I don't even want to learn how to do it. It's, you know, I just not even going to think about shipping to Canada. And, you know, I've been telling my Canadian followers and uh, that, you know, I, I want to do it. I'm considering putting together a sale for the summer, and I keep telling myself, you know, I'll figure it out by then. I'll figure it out by, by then. But I haven't figured it out yet until tonight. So I'm going yeah. to, to my Canadian customers, my future Canadian customers, I am going to put that sale together. And I'm also 
uh, talking with um, John Scarborough and I have talked about doing something together possibly. Now, let's, let's talk about that, Sam. Suppose I don't have a lot of sales going to Canada, but um, another breeder and I want to do a promotion together. Say we both want to put a promotion out there for Canadians and we're going to run a sale. I'm going to run a sale especially for Canadians and say my, my friend John Scarborough is going to do the same thing. He's going to run a sale. We're going to do it during the same week uh, so it all coincides together. Um, now, can we, can we do that together and uh, ship our animals out together? Would that work? John Scarborough, great guy. He's uh, I've imported for him a couple times now, as well as Tasselback Reptiles. So they're awesome people. Yes. Um, yes. So the way it works with that is as long as John or you, it has to come from one location. John will have to um, ship it to me, and then I ship everything. Yeah. For, for my paperwork load to be easier, it'll have to come from one of you, okay. and then. I'll import it as one shipment, and then yes, you can only pay that one fee. Interesting. All right. Well, that, you know, he's in Colorado, so if it were, if I were to work something out with him, it would be him. It would be cost-effective for him to ship to me, because shipping from Colorado where he is is only like thirty-five bucks, I think, uh, to me. So yes, you know, that, that would probably work, and then I would just ship it, ship it to you. Um, the only thing it would yes. just add one more day to the shipping process. That's all which, uh, which yes, is not a big deal. Okay. All right, Sam, we're coming up on the mid-show break. Um, when we come back, we're just going to play a sponsor plug. When we come back, I'd like to get into a little bit more about the shipping, and we could talk a little bit more about uh, what it's going to take to ship from, from Canada to the U.S. All right, so hang okay. tight, folks. We will be right back. Gecko Nation Radio is a David's Fine Gecko's creation and production. You can visit the show's Facebook page at Gecko Nation Radio. I also have a great family-friendly group on Facebook called Gecko Nation. Apply for membership today. Gecko Nation Radio is sponsored by... Ohio Gecko is famous for amazing tangerines, snows, and other very unique leopard gecko projects. Thad also has some incredible fat tail morphs available from stingers to starbursts. Visit him online at ohiogecko.com and at Expos in the Northeast. He is also the owner of geckoforums.net. Dale's Bearded Dragons is your one-stop source for any reptile supply products that you may need, from Exoterra, Zoomed, Rapashi, Repcal, Fluker, and much, much more, and all at 20 to 50% cheaper than your local pet store or big chain pet store. They are also the biggest reptile supply distributor at most of the Northeast Expos. Contact them directly online at dalesbeardeddragons.com or message me on Facebook and I'll put you in touch with the owner. Supreme Gecko is a great source for crested geckos, day geckos, and other species, including micro geckos. Wally Kern is a top-notch breeder and gecko enthusiast. Visit supremegecko.com for his available animals and supplies. Gecko Boa Reptiles is your source for the highest quality leopard gecko morphs and wild types, from white and yellows to radars, amazing tremper morphs, and rare subspecies. John is a world-class breeder and extremely knowledgeable. If you're looking for something truly special in geckos, contact John Scarborough at geckoboa.com and on Facebook. Rainbow Mealworms is the largest worm grower in the world and selling to the public since 1956. 
If you need the highest quality mealworms, superworms, and crickets for your pets, contact them at www.rainbowmealworms.net. All right, folks, we are back. And uh, before we jump back into the second part of the interview, I just want to mention, of course, that EB Dragons has a standing discount code for you guys to use. It is the word GECKO, all in caps. And that's going to get you 5% off your FlexWatt heat tape and your Dubia roaches. And remember, FlexWatt is the safest, most advanced, and most durable and most energy efficient heat tape in the world. Don't be fooled by imitations claiming to be more advanced. FlexWatt is still the latest heat tape technology. All right. We are going to go ahead and bring back Sam. Sam, um, all right. Now, I'm getting a pretty good grasp on this. And uh, before we go into some of the more questions that I have, Steph in the chat room asks, what if there is uh, extra paperwork involved, like uh, like a pedigree and, um, you know, like if it's a specialized reptile or animal and there's a lot more to it, is that going to confuse things? No, that's a good question by Steph. I actually thought I was about to answer it. Yes, they can definitely put their pedigree, uh, the certificate from the U.S. seller, proving genetics, all that kind of stuff. That's fine. Even feeding cards, that's totally fine. So, yes, Mm -hmm. the answer to her question is that's no problem at all. Okay. Now, are there any – well, I guess in in the U.S. here, a lot of us breeders are uh, very careful about the temperatures that we ship in. Now, what is the normal turnaround time um, when I ship an animal from uh, from me to your new to your New York location? By the time it gets to my customer from there, what's the normal turnaround time? Okay, so the process is this: our normal uh, shipping date. We go down once every two. To, we go down twice a month. Sorry, we go down twice a month every two weeks. The process is that the U.S. seller ships out on a Tuesday. We'll get it at Lewiston, New York office before 10.30 a.m. on Wednesday morning. We'll go through inspections 11.30 a.m., Canada Customs by 1 p.m. We'll be back in Toronto office by 4 p.m. If the Canadian customer is in Toronto, they pick up from us for free. If they are not, we will ship out their animals 7 p.m. that night, and they'll receive it on Thursday uh, between 9 and 5, most often before 12 p.m. Wow, interesting. So literally, it's like it's like less than three days almost, right? I mean, yes, that's that's cool. All right, so that's that's basically within the time frame of a of the normal heat packs because we have heat packs that are uh, twenty eight. I mean, uh, thirty hours, forty eight hours, and sixty hours. So, you know, if we if we put a sixty if we're in the winter time, if we put a sixty hour heat pack in, we'd totally be covering. You know, any, any, all right, well, let's, that's well, my next question. Well, go ahead. Go ahead, and then I'll jump in. Uh, yeah, I just wanted to, before you brought up a good point, you, you can still go ahead and use a 40 hour heat pack, which is the most popular type out there. And once we bring it back to Toronto, your, if your client is in our, in our uh, local area, they pick up from us, whatever, they take the package, the animals with them. But if they're not, we will actually repack, we, we will professionally repack and reship, and we will actually use new heat packs in the shipment. Uh, and we're not using any old ones that you may have used. Interesting. Okay, so that, that's a big load off my mind. Absolutely. Um, so that's 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 really cool that you do all that. Hmm. For sure. All right. Sure. Yeah. Now, 
now delays. Occasionally, there are delays. Have you ever encountered any, and and how how does that happen? And what's the worst case scenario? Suppose you're stuck with a package. Like suppose my geckos aren't gonna you you can't ship them out that night. Will you be able to put them up or uh, you know hold them over the night if if you need to? What happens in those circumstances? Fantastic, fantastic question, Dave. You are on the ball here tonight, buddy. Um, I'm always we, this. <laughs> we actually we've been importing exporting for three years. We've never had one delay through FedEx or UPS. But for the first time, we had it happen last month. I've never gone through that situation before. But FedEx didn't bring one box um, to our location. They brought all the other boxes, but the one and this is during the spring weather, so there was no weather delays. It was just a stupid mishandling situation by FedEx. Perfect weather out there. They just didn't bring it. So what we actually had to do, because our inspection is at 11.30 a.m. sharp, we can't miss that. We can't rebook that uh, because most often the inspectors have to go to another port or they have other appointments. So what we have to unfortunately do in those circumstances is we have to actually reject uh, or and not accept that shipment to come through. I have to call FedEx while I'm in the U.S. and tell them to not deliver it and to send it back to the seller and that we will continue it again on our next import day two weeks from then. It is a very rare situation. Again, it's only happened once in three years, um, but it can happen. And if it does, that's the procedure that we have to follow. It has to be sent back. Well, in this situation also, it's not like it was stuck at the big uh, Buffalo Chictawaga terminal where I can just go 30 minutes, pick it up. It was actually stuck in Memphis, Tennessee. So there was no way it was going to be there, even if I did things for later that day. Um, that shipment was obviously well, not going to come at all that day. Well, even here in the U.S., Memphis, the Memphis hub is kind of considered like the Bermuda Triangle of the FedEx hubs because whenever there's an issue of anything, it's always in Memphis. Seems. So, uh, yeah, I don't know if the Bermuda Triangle inter- intersects there <laughs> or not, but something always, <laughs> something always happens there. Oh, man. It's yeah. usually in the wintertime. Um, you know, all right, so people that ship in the wintertime – what I like to tell people is use an oversized box and use a bigger heat pack. So, for instance, if you're shipping one gecko, a lot of us during the during the you know the the more tolerable months, we'll we'll ship it in a seven by seven by seven or a seven by seven by six. We don't necessarily need a heat pack or a cool pack, and off we go. But now, if you're doing that in the winter time in the cold, and you guys are up north, so you you guys got the colder months more. You have more cold up there, more colder time. Um, I try to tell people, you tell me if I'm on the money here, uh, that use a bigger box. Use an 11 by uh, 7 by 11 or or 10 and use the 60-hour heat pack. Put it off way away from the animal on one side. And this way, God forbid, if there is an issue, you're going to be covered for 60 hours. I mean, is is that good advice, Sam? Yeah, that that I I would have to agree with you. I am not fond of uh, the seven by se- the seven cube or seven seven six boxes at all. They are way too small. I hate them for two reasons. Um, first of all, there's not much room to put the heat packs in there uh, or cold pack if you have a lot of, a couple of deli cups in there. And two, it's such mm-hmm. a small box. The chances of it being lost in a warehouse somewhere is, is a lot greater. Um, that's why mm-hmm. our smallest box is the most popular 12 by 9 by 6, which is also the most popular in the U.S. So we don't carry anything smaller than that for those two reasons. Okay. All right. So far, I haven't had any issues of getting lost here in the U.S. And 
Um, I would never even attempt to ship a 7x7x7 seven by seven by seven to Canada, um, but there's a lot of shipments that I do, like from Pennsylvania to New York, and uh, where you know the 7x7s seven seven work fine for me here during temperatures like this. But like I said, it's rare that I would ever use one um, in the wintertime. And, and people that are new to shipping, these are the little ins and outs that you, you really need to pay attention to because shipping reptiles can be very easy. It can Once you do it a few times, it's like riding a bike, but there are some mistakes that could cost you, and pay attention, all right, to what we're talking about. Now, Sam, what advice would you give to someone that's in the U.S. like me that's thinking about starting a ship to Canada? What would you, what would you tell me? It's, uh, it's very simple. If you've already got the inventory, you've got the animals you want to move, especially if you have non-sighted animals. I mean, there's no reason why you shouldn't uh, give us a call. It is super easy. Um, you just send us one quick email telling us you have a canine client. We'll ask you five to seven extremely easy questions via email. You'll answer it. We'll start the paperwork, and we'll set the import date, which is on average every two to four weeks. It doesn't get any easier than that. You don't have to fill out any paperwork, deal with any government agencies, pay uh, any inspection fees to any of the agencies. You only deal with us. We're the people you deal with, and we'll take care of it from start to finish. It is extremely stress-free for you guys. Now, when it comes to CITES, uh, there's a little bit more to it. I, I need a little bit more information from you guys. I need to know the length, the weight, the hatch date, birth dates of the animals. Uh, they have to be precise. Um, and, um, but we still do all the paperwork for the studies application. We sent it in. And actually, yes, today we got four studies permits in the mail, and that only took three weeks. That was a record breaker. We handed it in three weeks ago, and it's already been approved, and it's coming up to us right now. So, I mean, that is super fast for studies. And we have nailed down the science of the application, filling it out to the T. And there are certain ways to fill it out where the legal examiner in the U.S. doesn't have to spend so much time on it because we've already done it so correctly that they just process it right away. That's why we got these in just three weeks. So there is a lot of benefits to using us. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. All right, I see a caller in the in the chat room. It looks like it's a Canadian caller. Actually, there's two. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and take these calls before we start. Uh, and, and they may have questions about uh, shipping to the U.S. So let's see. Caller sure. from the 646 area code. You are live on Gecko Nation Radio. Um, hello, Dave. I'm actually an American caller. Yeah, I'm Hector, and I have a question. I know this has nothing to do with shipping. Okay. But um, you know how it's possible to breed a female ball python to multiple males and have her produce offspring? Do you think that's possible with leopard geckos? Because I've been wondering that for a while, but I haven't tried it because, I, you know, I... I don't want to cause any stress to the female or anything, but... Yeah, you know, that is an interesting question. I could quickly tell you that normally what I do is to keep my genetics in order is I use one male for a female per season. I don't try to mix it up. I've heard that, you know, females will usually... A female will retain uh, the sperm the whole season usually um, from one male, but I've also heard that they can also use the most recently... Uh, you know, receive fertilization as well. So, you know, I've never personally done any testing on, on to test that theory, but you know what? It's an excellent question, Hector, and um, 
I will definitely bring it up with um, someone that's got a little bit more experience in that particular in that particular area. But uh, as for myself, um, it's uh, just to keep things, my genetics in order, I try to use the one male only, and this way I don't confuse things. But you're right, the, the well python world is very interesting, how you can, yeah, that, uh, you know, that's mix. That's why I was wondering. I, I was actually planning on breeding a, a Max Snow female that I had previously bred to a Max Snow male to an Enigma and see if that could, you know, pop out any Enigmas and Max Snow that out of the same clutch. I, I mean, if it's not, if it's not, going to hurt your project, why not give it, a, give it a shot and see what happens, you know? All right, definitely. I'll give it a try, and I'll, if anything, I'll post the results on the Gecko Nation group. Awesome. That'd be great. All right. Thanks for calling in, bud. All right. Thanks, Dave. All right. Cool. All right. Let's see. Let's grab this next caller. Caller from the 515 area code. You are live on Gecko Nation Radio. Hi, guys. This is Levi Williams, owner of It's a Gecko again. Oh, hey, um, my done. question, it's going. Um, my question is, um, does the government of Canada actually quarantine the animals for a set period? And no, the government of Canada, they, uh, when it comes they to deliver them, or no, when it comes to reptiles, they do not um, require any quarantining, health certificates, inspections, or import export license. The only time they do is if the shipments involve turtles and tortoises, um, chickens, birds, stuff like that. Now, how long does that hold for uh, said tortoises? Uh, when it comes to tortoises, I don't, I don't, I don't believe they have a quarantine period. It's just an inspection on the spot. But keep in mind, the CFIA in Canada does not allow any imports of uh, turtles, tortoise at all, due to uh, risk of salmonella. The only you have to apply for a special permit for that through the CFIA, and they only give that to um, zoos, scientific purposes. Um, if it was your pet and you lived with the with it in the U.S. for a certain period of time, so but definitely not for any commercial purposes at all. Okay, thank you. Good to know. What no, was your name again? No caller? problem at all. Levi Williams. Levi, that's right. Okay, thanks for calling in, Levi. Yep, no problem. Bye-bye. Bye now. All right, we've got another caller here. Uh, let's see, caller from the 570 area code. You are live on Gecko Nation Radio. Hello? Hi, caller. How are you? Hey, it's me, Dominic. Hey, Dominic. Uh, what's up, bud? I have a, a question about, do you have any recommendations on building an incubator? I'm building an incubator. Yeah, you know what? Um, I could I could show you in the group. I'll I'll send you pictures of my incubator and uh, I'll uh, go into some detail about how I constructed it. But I would definitely go with a home built incubator, Dominic. That's the best way to uh, do things, especially if you're producing some decent amounts of uh, eggs. Yeah, it, should I use a FlexWatt and a Herpestat? Those are the best best combinations right there. Absolutely. All right. All right, cool. Thanks, Dominic, for calling in. Thank you. All right. Um, Sam, let's get back on topic here, and let's talk about shipping from Canada to the U.S. And um, what's, for our Canadian listeners, and I have uh, some Canadian friends in my group, uh, shout out to Allie, one of my admins, and 
what, what does it take for for Canadians to ship here in the U.S.? It's uh, pretty much the same procedure, just in reverse. You, um, you, once you enter the U.S. border, you have to immediately go to U.S. Fish and Wildlife Inspections. You have to book that inspection three days in advance, obviously. You go in and um, get that declaration form signed, inspection cleared, and then you can go off to the airport or FedEx or whatever and ship out your animals to your Canadian clients. So it's just in reverse. All right. So now, if you're if if I'm in Canada and I want to ship to Pennsylvania, um, where is your office located in Canada? Where am I shipping to? Okay. So I'm shipping to Toronto. Great. Okay. Um, and then from Toronto, you're you're going to basically drive them to you're going to drive them across the border again, and you're just going to be going to U.S. Fish and Game um, to for that for the inspection. Okay. Interesting. Correct. Is there, is there anything, anything, there's nothing special or different for Canadians that they have to worry about? Uh, no, not really. Um, uh, either way, whether leaving or going into the U.S., they still require an inspection. Um, so you still have to put up with that uh, and the inspection fees. But um, off the top of my head, no, there's nothing different at all about it. Okay. All right. Now you offer a lot of other services as well. Why don't you tell us a little bit about them? Um, one of them is Canada-wide pickups. What's that about? Uh, so uh, I believe in the U.S. you guys charge for sending a driver to pick up packages, uh, whereas we don't. Uh, we will send drivers to your door, pick it up for the same amount as if you were to drop off the packages, and we will ship it just like you guys to your client to their client store the following day. Okay, yeah, FedEx uh, offers a service here in the U.S. If we, instead of driving it to the hub, if we want them to pick it up, it's only an extra $5. Um, I usually take advantage of that because uh, I am the, the last stop uh, pretty much. So they come to my house, and then they go right to the hub with my packages. And I'm also the first stop in the morning too, which is awesome. So, um, you know, I usually don't have to worry about having things held at the hubs. But... Um, you know, so that, that's an option for you guys in Canada. And uh, if you're shipping FedEx in, in the U.S., you can take advantage of that. Reptiles Express has that option when you're filling out your labels. Uh, like I said, it's just an extra $5, and you got to make sure you schedule the pickup. Um, if you're scheduling a pickup, if you want FedEx to pick it up at your house, say, say you're shipping out tomorrow and you want them to pick up, say, around 4 o'clock in the afternoon, just uh, shoot Debbie an email and let her know, and she'll schedule that pickup for you. So... That's pretty cool. All right, what is a, what's a ProPack Center? What's that about? Okay, so what we have here is um, we have two centers in Ontario currently only. Um, one is in, in Toronto and one is in Richmond Hill where actually our office is. It's about 30 minutes north of Toronto. And we will, what breeders do is they'll just bring the animals to our office and we will pack the animals for them professionally and activate heat packs and place it uh, where it should be, and we send it off with um, peace of mind. And with that pro-pack service comes our live arrival guarantee. That's the only time that that service comes uh, with uh, gets activated. And if animals were to arrive DOA, we will refund the shipping amount. We don't offer insurance at this time on the value of the animals, only because our success rates are so phenomenal. But just for added peace of mind, we're thinking about adding that feature uh, this winter. 
Oh, it's funny you say that. Reptile, Reptiles Express here in the U.S. Uh, was considering adding uh, insurance, but um, they couldn't figure out a way to do it legally. And uh, uh, so I'm sure if you figure out, I mean, I don't know if Canadian law is different than the U.S., but um, if you can figure out how to do it legally, you know, I'm sure uh, your counterpart here would be interested because they would like to be able to offer that service too. But it, supposedly oh, sure. to, to offer insurance, if you had to offer insurance, you have to actually, uh, to, to you have to have like I forget what the, what it is. You actually have to go before an insurance board, and you have to be a, you know, uh, I forget what it is. Something about yeah, you got to conform with all these regulations and whatnot, right? Yeah, that's right. Um, I know. Um, I'm sure that's how it is in the U.S., and I I'm not sure if that's the way it is in Canada. I'll have to still research it, but I do know that there are, are a lot of stuff we have to bypass and check out. Um, I have looked into getting third-party insurance companies, but as soon as we mention uh, live animals, and not a lot of people mm-hmm. want to take on that risk. So it's proven to be a little bit difficult. Ship Your Reptiles offers it in the U.S., but they have an in-house insurance policy. They're, they're actually putting their own money on the table and offering that option, um, which is if we, after we figure out the legal aspects of offering the service, that's how we're going to have to ultimately do it is put our own money in for the insurance. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Okay. All right. Well, what about uh, Northern Ontario shipping? Uh, Northern Ontario is very difficult to service. It's just a very big landmass, and not a lot of courier companies service it. FedEx definitely doesn't. Purelater, I'm not sure if you guys know about Purelater. I think it's just a Canadian they're just huge in Canada. They service it, but they are totally against any live animal shipments. They have rejected a whole, maybe a handful of our packages when FedEx has handed it off to them in the beginning when we first started. So they're definitely not interested in that. So we just started with the carrier that um, allowed us to ship to Northern Ontario, but unfortunately they're a small courier company and they only service um, from Toronto to Northern Ontario and back and forth. So. That's unfortunate. Hmm. I wonder if in the future, you know, it's funny, uh, seeing that Amazon is looking into drones that'll drop off, you know, if you make a purchase, they'll literally drop it off on your doorstep within half an hour, these these little helicopter drone things. I'm wondering if, uh, (laughs) you know, five, ten years from now, maybe something like that will be available for us too. Oh, I know. They're, they're working on some fantastic stuff. I, I know Amazon's working on something, and FedEx is working on same-day shipping because it's getting really popular in the U.S., so they're working on it over here, too. And I'm sure in a few years, things are going to just get crazy. Right. That'll be that'll be really interesting. Um, no more overnight shipping. It'll be literally, by a gecko, it'll be on your doorstep within a half hour. That's that's incredible. So you want to, that's there's amazing. like no risk. Yeah. Exactly. And that's what yeah. you, and that's what that's what reptiles express in the U.S. and that's what reptile express in Canada do. What you guys do is, you minimize the risk of shipping. You make it easier and safer, and uh, just overall a better experience for the animals and for the the people selling them and receiving them. Correct. That's true. We actually have it's not on our website, but we do have uh, an amazing service which offers such great peace of mind and it's called our escrow service where if a buyer wants to buy from a seller off of PGG but the seller is not well known in the reptile community or they've never 
dealt with that seller, what the buyer does is they contact us. They'll pay, they'll forward the amount of that those animals to us. We'll keep it in trust. They'll pay the shipping fee. The seller will send the package to the buyer, and if the species and quantity match what was originally sold, we will release the funds to the seller. And that's proven to be super popular. We do over $150,000 worth of animal sales a year that way. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. Now, it says also here that you ship feeders. How does that work? Uh, I, I got to get rid of that on the website. It's, no, we, we stopped doing that. Did you? Okay. All right. Yeah. Well, what about um, the other services? The last thing is uh, on your list is the service areas. So basically, your service areas are pretty wide. Our, yes, our service areas are a lot larger than the airlines could ever provide. We go to remote locations, urban locations, faraway points. I mean, I'm in an urban area in a great location, and the airport is still a two-and-a-half-hour round trip for me with traffic. So hmm. okay. that's, not, that's not appealing to a lot of people. So. No, no, it isn't. And you, and you also have all kinds of shipping supplies that anybody would need to do this uh, properly. I'm looking at them right now. You can you have shipping kit bundles available. Um, maybe you can tell us a little bit about these bundles that people can buy. Yeah, there's just so many ways um, clients can save and reduce their shipping costs through our service. And one of the ways is through the shipping bundles. We have high volume shippers or even medium volume shippers that really should be taking advantage of these bundles because each time they place an order for one shipment to one of their clients they're paying UPS fee to ship that kit to them. Whereas if they order a bundle, they'll get a whole whack of kits and they can ship immediately whenever they have an order come through a client and they don't have to wait for the order to arrive and they don't have to pay for each kit to arrive each time a client orders. Um, so those bundles really help out that way. When I think top of my head, if, there's, if I can think of one Canadian client that is really taking advantage of all the discounted ways to save on shipping, I can't think of one. There are a few that come close. But, I mean, we offer Facebook discounts just by joining our page, um, breeders discount by having our logo on the homepage of their site, uh, shipping bundle discounts. There's just so, so many ways to bring down the price. Um, and I just wish a, a few more people would take advantage of that just to help out with their sales. Well, I'm putting I'm, my new website is being uh, is being revamped right now, so I'll be happy to put your your banner up there along with uh, Reptile Express here in the U.S. So thank we you, can definitely talk about that. Yeah, and uh, thank you. Yeah, maybe we can. No problem. Maybe we can work something out with uh, Get Foundation Radio too. We could talk about exchanging banners and maybe do some cross promotions in the future. I, I'm all about, you know, trying to help other good businesses get their word out and doing some mutually beneficial things to help each other. So uh, sounds like something you'd like to talk about in the future, Sam. I'm open about that. Oh, for sure. I love supporting uh, great people in the community. If you go on our Facebook page, we're all about tagging breeder uh, company Facebook pages. Uh, your your page is on the whole front page of our uh, Facebook page right now. So we're all about uh, helping other people out. That's awesome. Now, I'm just looking at your frequently asked questions here. Um, does someone need a customer account to order from you? And no, unlike um, Shippy Reptiles and Reptiles Express, we don't require customer accounts. Um, they, yeah, that's not required at all. 
They just send us the okay. postal codes information about the animals, and we'll just set them up. That's it. Okay. Um, so it says also if you you can choose an account though if you want to, right? No, there's there's no option. The account feature is just for the shopping cart to the shipping supplies only, but not for shipping live animals. Okay. All right. Um, what kind of payments do you guys accept for for uh, for the shipping and for the supplies? Um, what kind of animals do we ship? Sorry, I, I don't. No. Uh, what kind of payments? Like, how do you like what? How can how can people pay for for their services with you? Oh, okay. There's a few. E-transfer, we have it in Canada. I don't believe you have it in the U.S., as well as PayPal. Okay, so E-transfer is the Canadian equivalent to PayPal? Yes. Okay, interesting. All right, so now when somebody places uh, an order or uh, ships an animal with you, whether it's from Canada to the U.S. US or U.S. to Canada, how exactly do they track their their Packages location is it, is it easy like with a tracking number? How does it work? Oh, for sure. We're all about tracking here, real time tracking. So uh, we make sure the U.S. seller links their Canadian client's email to the tracking info from FedEx to us in Lewiston. Once we have the package back with us in Toronto, we will include not only the Canadian client's email address with the tracking, but also the U.S. sellers because that's. I mean, they produce the animal. They want to make sure it arrives safely to their Canadian client. So we make sure everybody's CC'd in on their real-time tracking, and they can track it all the way until it's delivered finally to the Canadian client. That's cool. All right. Now I'm also looking on your on your page, and if anybody's on their website right now, go to the spot where it says promos. They have a they have a section here with shipping videos, and I'm not going to turn them on now while I'm on the air with you, but maybe you can tell us a little bit about what each one of these videos teaches, Sam. Yeah, I'm, we made those about a few years ago. They're a little bit outdated now. That's when we used that smaller curry company when we first started out. Um, but it uses some stickers where we don't need anymore. But the main thing about that video is that it provides an excellent visual tutorial of how to properly pack different species, such as um, what, if, what if you're shipping crested geckos that like it a little bit cooler, but you're also shipping a ball python in the same shipment and you're shipping in the winter, well, where do you place the heat pack um, where they can both survive and meet both the requirements? Well, the video goes through those steps for you, where to place the heat pack. Because it's all about where you place the heat pack. I've found over the years it really makes a difference. If you tape the heat pack to the top lid, you're not going to get as much heat into the box because heat rises. Or if you put it uh, closer to the animal, obviously you're going to get more heat to the corner. Uh, it, it makes a, a lot of big differences, and that's what those vi the videos go to. And it's got a lot of views. I'm quite surprised. So a lot of people like it. Yeah. No, I'm going to definitely check them out too. Um, you know, I, I pretty much have, I think I've mastered my shipping process. I've never had any issues except for one when I first started. And I've shipped hundreds of geckos now, so it's like it's just second nature. And um, I'll tell you, Ron Tremper is a master shipper, master packer. He, this man you should see these little contraptions he comes up with to, to yeah, like like he, he'll put the heat pack in a deli cup and have a certain amount of holes. I've even seen him use a, a toilet paper roll and he put the heat pack in there and it had holes drilled in it so, you know, the heat would dispense at a, at a perfect rate. And uh, he's been able to ship to me in, in pretty cold temperatures, uh, even down in the 20s with no problems whatsoever. And, uh, oh, yeah, he knows what you know, he's doing. 
Yeah, I've always asked him. I said, you know, are you sure you want to do that? He goes, Dave, I, I've been doing this for, I don't know, like 20-some years, or he said he's been shipping it. And he says, don't worry. And sure enough, everything always gets there perfect. And uh, Oh, yeah. Wow, have have yes. you seen his uh, new app he launched? Oh, which one? The um, Leopard Gecko Care or Pro? No, it's uh, for shipping only. It's an uh, app that's on Android as well as um, iPhone, and it's called No, Her I haven't. Ship. Yeah, it'll walk you through all the steps of the toilet paper with the holes or all these different kinds of things that will just blow your mind. So it's a cool app to download. He is hes amazing. He's hes the one that invented the, uh, the escape-proof feed bowls, and oh, it, it, his contributions <laughs> to... Herpetoculture are just—he he, he just keeps sure. coming up with great stuff. Really incredible, uh, awesome. Uh, let's see. There's a couple other things I wanted to talk about. All right. Now you also have breeder discounts and you have a VIP rewards program. Let's talk about those. The breeder discounts is simply just put our logo on the homepage uh, of your website. That'll qualify you qualify you for seven percent off the shipping fee and uh, VIP rewards. And we did it in the beginning of last year, I believe. And that is basically the more you ship, uh, you'll get uh, gift cards in the mail. Uh, so that was really popular as well. We'll give you gifts and stuff for your volumes. That's awesome. What is, uh, what is Aquatics Express? What's that? So uh, we also have certified accounts to ship live aquatics. So we have a few clients to ship a whole bunch of... Um, um, fish to their clients so they can take advantage of our service as well. We ship a lot of axolotls. So mm. Those are popular. Yeah, those those are strange animals. We have them a lot of here. They're very popular here in the U.S. Um, you know, it, as a as a herpetoculturist, I'm really big into reptiles and such, but um, I've also always had an interest in fish, uh, especially the fancy uh, Japanese goldfish. However, you can't get good genetic goldfish that that'll live longer than a month or two. I mean they're just I mean you can even they're so they got deformities and it just seems like they're just bred in mass quantities as disposable animals. So I mean eventually I would like to set up a really nice fish tank with quality goldfish. Um would yes. I be able to uh safely get them to me overnight? I mean do fish handle overnight shipping well? How does that work? Oh, for sure. Um, fish are pretty easy to ship as well. Uh, hundreds, maybe even thousands in the U.S. are being shipped daily, uh, even mm. in Canada. So it's, it is a little bit trickier, I do find, in the winter with uh, the heat packs because it's, it takes uh, more heat to warm up water. So you're going to have to include a little bit more heat packs than you would with the reptile shipments. But mm-hmm. overall, like we've never had any DOAs on um Aquatic, so it's pretty easy enough. Interesting. So there's enough oxygen in the water to last that long, I guess. The ship. Yeah. The trick is this: a lot of people think the more water in the bag, the better. However, the less water is better. More oxygen in the bag is a lot better. Um, mm. So that's the main. That trick. makes sense. Yeah. But that, don't that uh, don't. Sense. Yeah, but don't blow air into the bag for oxygen. That's actually carbon dioxide. <laughs> Duh, yeah. When I used to work at a pet store when I was younger, and they hired this other guy, and he was blowing in the bag, and I'm like, dude, we have an air pump over here. You're doing it wrong. Use the, put, the air, put the airline tubing in there and fill it up that way. We don't do that anymore. 
But then, you know, when I was <laughs> when I was a kid, uh, that's what the pet stores used to do. You know, they used to just blow in the bag. Um, it was just oh, common wow. procedure. Yeah, it was. I, I remember seeing the guys do it. It was just. But you know, when I, in my teens, when I was working in the pet store, we had learned the right way to do things. <laughs> yeah. Wow, that's cool. Yeah, trial. Well, but, you know. Yeah, well, it's amazing how. I'll be honest with you, Sam. I'm amazed at how far we've come, so even since I started doing this as a kid. Like to be able to ship an animal overnight and get it. I like. I'm amazed that it works so well. Like when that when I hand it off. I hand the gecko off to the FedEx guy at 4 o'clock or 5 o'clock, and it's in California by 10 a.m. the next day. I, I just I can't imagine what it's like, like what it's going through to get there. It just it's it, to me it's like it seems like it's not even really happening. It's it's like going through oh, like no. a time warp or something. It's amazing <laughs> how efficient it is. It's incredible. Right? It's incredible. That's why I've always loved it since I was a young guy. Just the logistics of it all, the priority next day shipping is just mind-blowing. Wow. Yeah, and it's almost perfected. I mean, there are still occasional issues with FedEx that arise, but they are still the best best to use for this. Like, you wouldn't want to use UPS or uh, U.S. Postal Service to ship overnight, right? Oh, don't even get me started. Well, I've never, I've never used USPS, but UPS is just horrendous to deal with. Even when they're in the wrong, they won't help you out. Whereas FedEx, just the way their systems are set up, their communication systems, they know who to get a hold of. They can handle things so fast. Whereas UPS, their communication system is just a nightmare. They don't know what they're doing, um, and it's just terrible. And when something goes wrong, you are screwed. But with FedEx, they will help you out. They can track that shipment down. They'll find, they'll locate it. They'll call you back. UPS will tell you they'll call you back, but it'll take them the next day. FedEx is right. within an hour. I mean, it's just an amazing company. And I'm I'm assuming you have access to the One Call uh, Center too. Yes, I do. Cool. Yeah, Debbie from Reptiles Express in the U.S. was telling us about that. Um, that's important because the you guys as certified shipper companies have access to this whole team of people in FedEx that a normal customer like me or anybody else wouldn't even have access to. When we if we have a, if we ship something on our own and have have an issue, we're going to be on before we even get a live person. It'll be 45 minutes, and by that point, most people just give up. But you guys will get right through because you're a priority, and that's that's what you're paying for. That's that other thing that people don't realize why it's important to take advantage of these services because. Those, these are those things that you and I, as just a regular Joe Schmo, just will never have access to because we just don't do the volume that you guys do. So it's always better, folks, to go through a company like Reptile Express than to try to do this on your own. Number one, you're going to save money with with these companies, and you're going to be doing it the legal, legit way, and you're going to have much greater peace of mind uh, about you know getting your animal to where it's going. But uh, Wow, you know this yeah, has been a great interview. I feel I feel a lot better, Sam, about the whole thing now. I really do. Good, good, because I know you you really wanted to figure out how to ship to Canada, so I'm glad it helped you out. Yes, and you know I'm going to be in touch with you soon, and I'm sure it's going to take me a couple times before I fully get the hang of it with you. And but um, I hope you'll have patience with me while I'm learning the process. And uh, oh, for sure. Help. Oh, for sure. Cool. 
I'm hoping that I, I can I can become a regular green candidate because as my operation grows, I want to be able to, you know, of course, uh, expand my my shipping radius too. Instead of only shipping to U.S., I want to, of course, ship to the ham show in Germany, and someday uh-huh. I'd like to be able to get to get my animals to Japan. And um, as someone that that knows a bit about international shipping, do you know anything about shipping animals to Japan or or China, for instance? Um, not yet. Uh, we just started with uh, ham show uh, last spring, so we want to tackle that first. I like doing things step by step. First, we did Canadian mm-hmm. domestic shipping, then we did U.S. to Canada shipping the year after that, and the year after that, we did we're doing Europe. So I like doing things step by step, so I, I don't get overwhelmed. But uh, mm-hmm. eventually, in the next year or so, I'll start considering uh, Japan and China as well. Wow, they're really that's a that's a good market right now. Um, for to, sure. To try to get into, yeah. So what do you what do you see for the future of uh, your operation? What are your plans? Oh, there's things happening all the time. I'm the type of person where I get bored easily, so I have to always be working on something new. Otherwise, I'll just stop doing everything. We just came out with our Google and iPhone apps a few months ago. That's been a huge hit. It's been great for business as well. So that was interesting to put together. Um, The importing stuff I love, it has picked up so much this year. It is so busy going down every two weeks, whereas it used to be every once a month. Uh, Canadian clients are investing heavily on U.S. stocks. So you U.S. folks, please don't say no to shipping to Canada. You are missing out. Um, and I'll be honest with you, the the only way to succeed in business is to expand your customer base, and that just only makes sense. If you're relying on local sales by not shipping domestically, you're missing out by not using Reptiles Express, ship your reptiles, stuff like that. If you're if you have customers in Canada and you you don't want to look into it, even though there's a service that specializes that, that is full service, you're missing out on sales. It's going to hinder your sales. So mm-hmm. and that's the whole reason, to be honest with you, that's the whole reason I'm expanding into U.S. and to Europe because, because we can't just rely on the Canadian market. We are a much smaller market than our U.S. counterparts. We just don't have the same kind of demand or volume for us to find it sufficient to survive on just the Canadian market. So we have to launch into the U.S. We have to rely on our importing exporting services to grow. Otherwise, we can't reinvest into our business. So this is why we are going internationally, basically, is for our survival. <laughs> yeah, and what do, you, what do you know about shipping to Europe yet? What's going on with that? Um, so with Europe, um, we're doing non-CITES right now, hopefully CITES by next year. And we have a source there that will um, help us out with ham exports. Every time there's a ham expo going on, uh, the vendors there will hand it off to ham. He will then arrange to ship it to us in Toronto, and then we can distribute it off to our Canadian clients here. Now, the only drawback to that is that we found out that we did not know would be a problem is that the ham show website is awful. It doesn't have vendor names listed, their websites, or any contact information whatsoever. If you go on the vendor list, it is horrendous. Um, Even going to the ham show, you'll realize not a lot of vendors have business cards. And what we found is that our Canadian and U.S. clients just, they had money in hand, but they didn't know who to purchase from in ham. And mm. that's proven to really, it, it, it was 
it was a shocker to us that that was holding us back from expanding into Europe. So now we're figuring out how to get a good vendor list put together so clients can purchase from them. Because we have to have a minimum order every time we import from ham. Otherwise, our source mm-hmm. in the U.S. won't do it. And that's a pretty large order to fill. Mm-hmm. So, okay, interesting. Um, do, you, do you see as a whole, do you see the market, uh, the global uh, market for uh, reptiles and other animals, do you, think, do you think this has a big future? Do you think it's just going to steadily grow? What do you think? Oh, it is going to be phenomenal. We're just, it's going to peak so much. We, we, we're in for a good time. And even with shipping, things are just going to improve a big time for the marketplace. People are going to be selling, trading a whole lot easier than ever before. Things are just beginning for sure. Like, for example, in 2009, the beginning of 2009, Ship Your Reptiles launched. Four months after that, we launched. and No, six months after that, we launched. And four months after that, Reptiles Express launched. So that's only four years ago. We're, we're still in our infancy, and we are still coming out with new things, listening to demands, and listening to requests. And things are just going to get way more interesting. Awesome. I see a caller on the line. I believe it's a Skype phone number. It's got a weird number. I think it's a 01178. Um, is on hold. I'm going to take the call. Caller, you're live on Get Nation Radio. Hello? Hi, caller. Hi. Hello? Oh, Dave. Hi. Hi, it's Ali. Hey, who is this? Mm. Oh, hey, Ali. Thanks for calling. Hey, from Canada here. So, um, doing all right? How are you guys doing? Doing good. Thank you for calling tonight. What can we do for you? Well, I just I wanted to say, um, first of all, that I'm very grateful to hear of the uh, progress being made to bridge the gap between Canada and the U.S., so very excited to hear about that, so thank you. Um, just um, kind of a question concerning the reptiles themselves. Um, I like the whole, uh, you know, having them all gift-wrapped and everything and checked um by Reptiles Express, um, I guess one of my kind of concerns has always been about the the transfer of animals together. My, you know, about crypto or other parasites being passed. Are there are there specific, uh, specific guidelines um, or procedures mm-hmm. that prevent? Uh, are Are you talking about when we import? Uh, well, just even, yeah, when you import as well as just shipping in general, is that something to be concerned about? I mean, I always quarantine my animals, but it's always something that's been on my mind, you know, in shipping. Okay, so you're asking about when, when the animals are being are shipped in Canada, is there any chances of parasites being transferred over to them from other animals? No, I think yeah, what you're talking about is, yeah, having multiple animals in one box and if, uh, you know, being, them being in a cooped up environment can, you know, is that a, is that a risk for disease transfer? Am I, do I have that right, Allie? Uh, yeah, as well as um, handling the packaging when you open them up and, and yeah, well, um, check um, them. And, if mm-hmm. all the animals are coming from you, it, it's just going to be coming from you. There's not going to be any any other person's animals in contact with your animal because once it's been picked up by the driver they're in a sealed up container and they're constantly in transit until your client gets the next day and once your client mm-hmm. gets the next day they should have quarantine procedures in place where they will place the new uh, animals into a different room different enclosures and tools 
for a minimum of 30 days. Um, so, okay. Yeah. Okay. So basically, okay, so basically, Allie, Sam's not taking them out of the package and Googling them and then, you know, letting <laughs> them crawl all over them and then grabbing somebody else's oh, no. nose and, <laughs> and playing with them. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> okay, well, thank yeah. you so much and uh, have a good night and I appreciate the show so far. So. Thank awesome. you, Allie. Thank, Thank you, Allie. you so Thanks much. Thanks for being a terrific admin. Thank you. <laughs> yes. I'm glad to be a part of your donation. So thanks. Okay, awesome. Have a good night. Sorry. Cool. You too. Allie's awesome. She's one of the best admins we have. Oh, all the admins are the best. They're great in the group. So uh, <laughs> I'm glad she was able to get on the air a little bit. But um, wow, yeah. Well, that was a, that was a good question. Though you know, you never know. It, for sure. It definitely well, for can sure. be. A, yeah, it could be a concern. You know. Um, well, you know, i got to say, Sam, I'm excited about the future. And, um, you know, just you know, when you're new to something, and this is for everybody listening, but when you're new to doing something, there can be some hesitation. You can be, you know, a little apprehensive about taking that first step through the door and doing something that you've never done before. And, you know, it's like anything else. you gotta, you got to sometimes you just need a little kick in the butt, and I certainly did, to decide, all right, I want to start shipping abroad. I want to start getting my animals other places. I've, you know, gotten my animals all over the U.S., but I definitely want to see people in other areas of the world enjoying what I've been working on so hard. And, you know, that's, and all of you out there that are working hard to produce uh, living art and amazing animals, as Ron would say, um, you're going to at some point want to see your animals, see how far you can send them. And uh, I think that's what that's the cool part. How far away can I see one of my beloved geckos go? So, you know, Sam, I just want to thank you for putting together such a great company to help us with this. And I, I'm like you. I'm I'm optimistic. I I see the future of this being very big and keeping us very busy. <laughs> hopefully, for and sure. I, I yeah, I'm 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 very positive about you know, thinking that way and, you know, just thinking, seeing it just all coming together nicely for everyone. So I'll, I'll give you this opportunity at this point to have any closing remarks that you'd like to leave us with. Okay, no problem. Uh, it was an excellent show, Dave. I think we covered a whole bunch of stuff. The questions that came in were amazing, and your questions were phenomenal. Thank you so much. A lot of stuff I didn't even remember to bring up. Um, oh, thank just, you. I just wanted to mention again that, it's so easy. Um, you guys don't be scared of ship, international shipping. Um, we have made it super, super simple, and we will walk you. We'll even hold your hand if you want, walk you through the whole process, and that's why we're we're so busy because it's such a simple process, and people are making tons of money. Every time we go down to the U.S. for imports, the value of the animals being imported is, is tremendous. So there's money to be made. Don't be scared. We'll help you out. And any questions you guys have, we're always available. Phone, email, Facebook, always here to help. That's great. That's awesome. And uh, you're going to have to hold my hand because I, I'm, I'm <laughs> a little nervous about doing new things. So, But once I get, get rolling, I'll be fine. <laughs> oh, you're dealing with non-CITES. Oh, I can do non-CITES paperwork in my sleep. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Okay, cool. All right, Sam. Well, hopefully uh, you'll be hearing from me soon, and we'll get rocking and rolling on some things. Awesome, my friend. Thanks so much. All right. Thanks again for coming on. Talk to you soon. Have a good night. Take care. All right.
Awesome. What do you think, guys? I think that was an excellent, excellent show. We really covered it. And uh, I don't know. I, I'm feeling good about it. And uh, to, to the other people out there that, you know, want to get their animals to Canada, um, you know, if I had, when I start doing it, I'll let you guys know. I'll make an announcement. Maybe maybe I can be able to work with some other people out there, some of, some of you guys, and maybe we can put orders in together to make it cost-effective for everyone. Um, that might be an option that we can all help each other with. All right, and this way we can see our animals get up north. All right. Well, I want to thank everybody that called in tonight. You guys are terrific. Excellent questions. Everybody in the group, thank you so much. We've still got a bunch of people. What do we have? Airway Geckos. We have Brooke. We have Elsa. A bunch of guests. We have Levi. We have Steph and Vogelsang. Um, thanks for listening. Thanks for being here with us tonight. I'm going to go ahead and play the outro, and I'll come back with my closing remarks. And then I've got an awesome song for us to hang tight folks gecko nation radio is a david's fine geckos creation and production you can visit the show's facebook page at gecko nation radio i also have a great family friendly group on facebook called gecko nation apply for membership today the jazz music you heard tonight was generously donated and created by jeremy turgeon of jnd reptiles thank you very much jeremy for the great musical pieces you can check out Jeremy at JD Reptiles on YouTube and on Facebook. And a very special thank you to our news anchor, graphic designer, and audio tech, Steve Barker. All the graphics, audio sponsor plugs, and music overlays were assembled by Steve. Check out Steve on YouTube at BC Barker Creations. He has some terrific videos for the herb community with amazing geckos and snakes. Please support the U.S. Herpetocultural Alliance and U.S. ARC. Gecko Nation Radio is proud to support both of these organizations. Please donate to U.S. ARC so that they have the funds needed to legally protect pet owners' rights nationwide. You can donate to the U.S. ARC Legal Defense Fund at www.usarc.org. If you would also like to learn about advocacy and how you can take action on a state and local level, please subscribe to the U.S. Herpetocultural Alliance newsletter and blog at www.usherp.org. All right, folks. Excellent show. Uh, my closing remarks are this. Number one, I just want to invite everybody that's in the Gecko Nation group to also join our new uh, sister group called Gecko Nation Marketplace, okay? We have some, some, some really cool ideas that we're going to do for that group. Right now, it's a basically a place for you to sell your animals and show off what you have available so people can take a look and buy them. And there's a lot of groups like that right now, but we definitely want to get our membership up in there because we have some unique plans for the group. All right, but we're not going to start doing anything cool until you guys transfer over. So we have like, I don't know, what, 3,000 people in Gecko Nation. We want, and we only have like 400 in the marketplace. We need all our Gecko Nation folks to transfer over in there too. All right, so get on that, folks, so we can get rocking and rolling. Also, I just want to remind everybody that the shipping process is, it has been simplified, okay? These companies like Reptiles Express and Reptile Express uh, are there to help you every step of the way. Take advantage. Don't be scared of shipping, okay? The first time you do it, I, I mean, I was scared too. The first time I did it, it was scary, okay? But these companies know what they're doing. They're going to talk you through it. They're going to help you do it the right way. Watch these videos to show you how to properly pack your animals. 
uh, once you do it a few times, you'll you'll be confident. You'll know what you're doing, and then you'll be able to, to get your animals to your customers. All right, and then you won't have to rely on selling only locally. Um, it's really not that hard, folks. Okay, I've done it hundreds of times now. It's 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 so easy, and it's very safe. And and if you know what you're doing, you you really can sleep at night, and you can track it every step of the way and see where your package is. All right, so that's those are my closing remarks for tonight. And um, and that's that's about it. We have a couple really interesting shows coming up. Next week we have Jeff Rivero from Repta Ledge coming on, talk about his invention. And I'm saving it to now to tell you guys that uh, Steve recently reported on a story uh, about that company that's making mealworms for food, and they make all different types of food products from worms. Well, they're coming on the show in a couple weeks, and we're going to talk about what they're doing and what they're making. And if you guys, I think Steve's even going to, I think he's ordering some of their food products and he's even going to eat some on the air. So that should be pretty funny. So uh, tune in for that, folks. And uh, we'll see you in the group. All right. Everybody have a great night. And also, here's a really cool song from Hans Zimmer. If you like instrumental, this is an awesome song. It's an awesome score from the movie Inception. Check it out. Have a good night, folks. Later.